Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. How do you flatten a yield curve? How do we get through this? We're going to get through this. As we do all things in America, we're going to do it together. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Nathan Backrack, along with Amy Wagner. Well, uh, a day when markets didn't spill their guts all over the floor. That was nice to know. We kind of kept it together a bit. And now we wonder what the Federal Reserve and European Central Banks will do. Kind of feels like we are in just choppy water, doesn't it, Nathan, with like one storm coming after another? And you just wonder when are the next waves going to hit? Or on a day like today, you're very grateful for some relative calm. That feels amazing at this point. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's all because we don't know what's coming next with this. Certainly U.S. lawmakers coming together. Let me repeat that. Coming together, Nathan. When's the last time we could say that? Yeah, well, they're coming together until they start to figure out how to divvy up the money. Then the question will be, oh, do we give it to corporations as a grant? Do we give it to them as a loan? Do we take stock in that company? Do we eventually sell that stock back? Gee, what happens to the people who may be working under the table? What happens to folks who are providing services to you that are maybe not going to wind up getting a check? How does it all play out? And yet, what we do know is that there is lots of discussion in Washington. I personally, at being 68 years of age and having one kidney, so let's get that on the table. I'm right in a target group that is not too terribly pleased because while the coronavirus attacks your respiratory system, fine, take that, uh, you know, it does that with the flu with me too, but... Uh, you know, with one kidney, I'm starting, and that's number three on the list. I'm starting to go. Yeah, I may be doing this from the studio at uh, Backrack Central Headquarters for a while. But as much as I would love to hear about uh, all the ways that we're going to stimulate the economy, I think we're using the wrong word, Amy. It's not stimulus. We're talking about sustenance. We're talking about stabilization. We're talking about keeping the economy and the country together, so that once we finish with this. We're going to have something to go back to. Yeah, this proposal right now, a trillion dollars in spending in part of that. And, and we don't know exactly what it's going to look like in the end. But I think what we've heard time and time again from lawmakers is they're looking at sending checks straight to us, the American people. So for each adult, you don't have to apply for it. You don't have to qualify for it. You get a thousand dollar check. And it sounds like maybe there might even be more than one wave of them and then $500 for each child as a way for, listen, there's a lot of people out there who have lost jobs quickly uh, or aren't sure what's going to happen next. And so this is kind of, you mentioned uh, sustenance. I think that's exactly right, Nathan. It's, it's getting us through. And there's a lot of Americans who need exactly that, a little extra helping hand at this point in time. Yeah. And that helping hand is going to start to get extended through jobless benefits because we just saw 281,000 jobless claims. Uh, this is just the, and understand these numbers being uh, in the rearview mirror, 
just the first indication of the impact that the novel coronavirus is going to have on the employment picture. And that 281,000 jobless claims was the highest number we've seen since 2017, I believe, as we start to do comparisons to, oh, when was the last time we saw this? When was the last time we saw numbers this high? Keep in mind, uh, uh, 750,000 a month was the bogey at the height of uh, the Great Recession in 2008 and the first part of 2009. So, It does make you wonder, though, in a couple months from now, when you look at this number, you know, jobless claims to 281,000 last week, it does make you wonder a month, two, three months down the road, what that number could look like. Uh, You know, and and that's what we've been going on off of economic data that's, of course, delayed, right? We get that data after it's all in, so we're about a month behind. And uh, so as we look at a lot of the economic data, even just the past couple of weeks, things have been looking really good. We knew, though, that this was coming. We knew that once we started to see what we're going through reflected in the data, uh, that the numbers would actually tell us a different picture. And I think there's, you know, people out there saying, is this a recession now or is it not? Um, This data will, you know, will continue to paint a much clearer picture of the economic situation as the next few months unfold. Look, it's recession now. I don't need anybody to tell me this. This is not the first rodeo I've had. My my history in this business is is really interesting. I got out of college in 73. We had an oil embargo. The economy, the stock market went down by 50%. Uh, decided I better go back to graduate school and get a degree after a little bit of public service. I went in the investment business in 1981, which was the bottom of the bottom right before Ronald Reagan uh, kind of uh, grabbed things and turned it around. Then I was such a genius, I went into the investment business in uh, on my own and left a firm in, yeah, you guessed it, 1987. Weathered a few recessions during the 90s, just when I thought things couldn't get any better with the end of 1999. Yeah, we had a dot-com bubble, and then everything blew up again after that. Recovered, and things were going great until I'm sitting in New York on a plane, and all of a sudden, two planes fly into the World Trade Center. That took us back a few years. Finally, we get back on the horse. Next thing happens, oh, we got 2008 or 2000 and late, or whatever you'd like to call it. Now we're looking once again at another challenge. So these challenges, and where we go, no big deal. What I do love to see, though, and I gotta have, we got to have a shout-out as we discuss uh, the day's events, which for many years will be the day's events here on Simply Money, and that is what's happening with the economy and the coronavirus. Um, I really like the leadership coming from Mike DeWine and Dr. Amy Acton, who, by the way, Dr. Amy Acton, she can play on our team any day. I can't wait to see what she does when this thing settles down because she's, she's a stud muffin. Uh, Amy? Without a doubt. I mean, watching that leadership, and I think in some parts, that's what the economy is looking for, right? Or that's what the stock market is looking for at this point. You know, what is the strong message from leadership that we have that's under control? And, you know, Amy Act and Mike DeWine, uh, they do that daily update, that daily press conference. And, and, yep. and you know, no nonsense, right? It's kind of what we want to hear right now. Yeah, no don't nonsense. Don't sugarcoat it, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I and, and I agree with you absolutely. Kudos to them um, as as we try to figure out what this new normal is for everyone. One thing I think that we do have going for us here in America is this coronavirus has hit us after it's hit other countries. And you know, it's just kind of like uh, learning from other people's mistakes, right? We're able to look at what countries have done and say, okay, Shanghai. 
other places, man, they, Japan, they, they fared okay. They fared much better than countries like China and Italy. So what can we learn from them? And I think it's that the social distancing and taking it very seriously uh, is, is a great thing. I, I, Nathan, last week was waiting for you to say, I'm going to self-quarantine. Yeah. Yeah, well, and you know, I, and just... I, I wanted you to, I wanted, you know, I wanted you to be able to do that because, you know, we have this situation here. And so I think there's a lot of us taking this on and saying, OK, we see what have ha- what's happened in other countries uh, and we don't want to repeat that here. Yeah. And other countries, uh, maybe we should talk about this after the break. Other countries, however, have had a lot more experience and we're going to have some questions that we have to answer. And there's a parallel for me between what happened on 9-11 and our response and what is happening right now. Because I got off a plane on 9-11 and I wound up, uh, uh, National Public Radio stuck a microphone in my face and said, hey, what does this all mean? And my response then is going to be the same response I'm going to give you right now, which is I thought about it for a moment, maybe the only thing I've ever said that I look back on and go, yeah, I think that was a good one. Not knowing anything about what had happened in New York, just knowing the two towers have been hit by two planes. And I was asked, what do I think is the implication of this moving forward? I thought about it for a minute, and I said, you know what? Americans are going to have to make a decision about personal liberties periodically versus their security. And right now, when we take a look uh, after the break at what other countries are doing, the same question is coming right back at you. How much independence are we willing to tolerate? How much do we need to do as a country, and what will it mean for civil liberties? These are going to be strategic questions that if we answer them right, we'll get the results that some other countries are having. And if we answer them wrong, well, we may be like Italy, where we're surpassing even the totals that you're seeing out of China from a much smaller country. Just ahead, we will talk about what other countries have done, what we can learn from it, and how, if you want to lobby a, a politician in the next few years for you know preparing us moving forward, this might be some of the lessons that we can learn. That and a Cincinnati distillery that is stepping up to help the community. All in three minutes, you're listening to Simply Money on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Nathan Backpack along with Amy Wagner. Social Security offices, yeah, they're closed. No kidding. Where can you go to get answers? Well, right here at 643, we'll do our best to give you some answers. Uh, And to the extent that they can help you make some big decisions or postpone a few, uh, we'll be here for you. What are other countries doing? I'm going to talk about that in a moment because there's a real learning experience because unlike uh, uh, in our past, uh, uh, countries in Asia are living next to this human petri dish or a cesspool or whatever you want to call it for germs called China. And um, they've learned a lot of lessons that we can learn from. Locally, a Cincinnati-based distillery, Amy, getting uh, into the hand sanitizing business. Brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Who would have thought? I mean, they've already got alcohol there, so why not? You know, this is a company who's saying... Obviously, if you've been to Kroger lately, you know hand sanitizer, you're not going to find it there. I mean, shelves and every store of hand sanitizer, gone, gone, gone. So Kerrigan Spirits Company says, listen, we already have the alcohol here. We're going to start making hand sanitizer to support staff members who aren't working after closures. So there, I think there are a number of probably you know, factories and organizations out there that can look at it and say, okay, maybe we can't operate a restaurant right now, but like, what can we do uh, in order to make money? I think they're selling them for like $3 a bottle. So, you know, no price gouging whatsoever. Kudos to them for being 
creative and seeing where the need lies right now and jumping on mm-hmm. it. Yeah. One thing about washing your hands. Uh, I've now uh, spent more time listening to medical professionals uh, than I have anybody else. Tell you how to wash lately. your hands? Yeah. Well, I, I, listen, I, really? I know. Count, to, you know, count, to do the A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You know, that'll be at least 20 seconds and everything else. Here's the deal. You're not killing the virus. So let's be clear. You don't have to have hand sanitizer. A little soap will be just fine. But the deal is what you are doing with water is rubbing the virus off your hands if it's on your hands so it goes down the drain. You are not killing it. You're getting it off of whatever it happens to be stuck to now that it's uh, aerosol, aerosated, and that's not a word, but it sure sounds good. It's gotten in the air, then it winds up on your hands, or you touch somebody to touch something, there you go. You're just trying to expel it by washing it off. So, look, if you can't find hand sanitizer, which is going to be tough to do unless you happen to be in the aisle at the right place, maybe at the right time, um, don't worry. Just scrub your hands the way your mother and your kindergarten teacher told you to do. Typically, every week at this time, we give you the Simply Money locker room, but no, we're going to give you, uh, at best, what we would describe a deep dive into the crisis to give you a perspective. I will tell you the stat that I'm going to watch. You can watch any stats you want. You can watch the stock market. You can see what interest rates are doing. This is the stat that is going to keep Nathan J. Backrack up at night, and here it is. I'm going to take a look at what our infection rate is and our mortality rate, and the day that we get to the point where we have more people hospitalized in this country in the seven, eight, nine hundred thousand beds plus the IC units that we have, the day that our infection rate gets to the point that our hospitalization rate exceeds the number of beds that we have, that's when I'm going to tell you we go from a pandemic to pandemonium. So the it'll start yeah, out with a P. Panic, right? Yeah, it'll be it'll be a panic modium. So those are the numbers. And where can we go to take a lesson? And the lesson for all of us comes from uh Taiwan, Hong Kong, Singapore. These are countries living right next to uh, China. What are they dealt with? H1N1, SARS, MERS, and now we've got coronavirus. These countries have been sitting over there getting infected by their neighbor, I hate to say it, for a long time now. They're like, yeah, okay, I've seen this, saw the movie, got read the book, got the T-shirt, got the videotape. Mm-hmm, I've seen it, and they've been prepared. And, Amy, you, you've been watching some of these uh, responses these folks have got a, a different response to what's taking place than we do i think here this quarantine uh for so many of us is so different than anything we've ever done it feels so unnatural so abnormal yet in these countries taiwan hong kong singapore they're used to this 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 isn't scary to them it's not a new normal it's a normal that they've experienced several times before and they right. quickly did what they need to do they've done it before they they implemented travel bans right off the bat uh they closed their borders to non-residents they mandated 14-day quarantine uh, and what they have seen, I think by all aspects of the coronavirus, you could call a success. A hundred cases in Taiwan, a hundred, only 181 in Hong Kong and less than 300 in Singapore. Right. So what do they do differently? They saw it coming. They acted quickly. Uh, I feel they like had, here. Look, they've, got, they've got testing centers in South Korea. They've had testing centers for years now. They didn't all of a sudden say, well, let's put together business leaders and figure out how to do something. They've already got the infrastructure in place. They have been down this road. They have seen this before. They know how to test. They know, look, they also know how to track people. 
And they, you know, uh, I tell you, they take it seriously, don't they? Oh yeah, you wind they up with the virus. They not track you. Yeah, you, if you have been uh, infected by this virus, and they know, they will track you. Uh, in in some countries over there, send you a text message, send you a message, and say, Nathan, uh, I know you've had this, yeah, uh, and, and you you're... are a mile from your house. Go home. Go and home. If you don't go home, you're going to get a police escort, and and they're serious about it. And this is our civil liberties versus the, the greater good. And this will continue yeah. to be, if there's going to be any friction between you and your neighbors, it's going to be when you see somebody out in the street and you go, go home, get back, what are you doing? And they're going to look at you and they're going to wave at you with less than five fingers because it's their constitutional right to walk down the street. And this is going to make, as we get a little testier over time, uh, for some really interesting human interactions. I would just simply say, be careful out there. But I'll give you another example. Uh, Taiwan is the same size, all right, as New York, and they have only had uh, twenty three hundred cases. Uh, no, excuse no, me. No, actually, Taiwan has twenty three hundred. Taiwan's had a hundred cases. cases. Taiwan has a hundred. Yes. So they New took York twenty three hundred onset. Yes, right. We've yeah. got yes. 23 times the number of cases uh, in New York is what they've experienced in Taiwan because they are so serious about this. Obviously, in a city like New York, you have to expect the population is such close quarters uh, that this is going to spread incredibly rapidly there. But I do think by looking at what others, you know, one of the things we've been talking about, too, is how quickly we've been able to get these uh, drive through testing centers set up. I mean, really, here in the Tri-State, really, they've gone up overnight and they're adding more daily, which uh, so grateful for that but it's because we can look at what other countries have done successfully and said hey you know we don't want 85 people who are sick in a waiting room at a doctor's office all together we don't want them anywhere near other people and these are lessons that we've learned from somewhere else hopefully we'll take them seriously enough here in the united states that nathan the curve that you're looking for which is less you know more beds available than we need if we can continue to take this seriously hopefully we'll stay in that place and the numbers that are going to continue to rise will be our infection rate. Not because necessarily that the infection is uh, uh, accelerating by some exponential uh, uh, factor, and it ultimately may, but we're going to just be testing more. We need to test more for one fundamental reason. We need to understand exactly where the virus is in order to marshal resources. A lot of that will have to do with uh, your behavior uh, and the behavior of your uh, neighbors. Uh, you're listening to to me, and I'm self-quarantined, and I'm going to stay that way because when you're 68 and you got one kidney, you know what? I just don't need to put myself in harm's way, uh, though I must say I read, and I'm more prepared for shows than ever before, Amy, because what else have I got to do? It's like I don't I'm, have any... so pr- I'm so impressed by you, oh, and really yeah. – you know, you see the names that are starting to come through of people who have been impacted by this, and yeah. their names you know, right? I'm thinking my son, Kevin Durant, uh, is a huge NBA player, and then you've had Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson. Now we've got, uh, you know, two uh, Congress people, one from Florida, one from Utah. This is hitting people, and I don't know what it's going to take in some cases. Maybe it's going to take someone in the neighborhood of someone to be like, oh, I'm serious about this. But, you know, kudos to people who are taking this seriously at this point because. If you think it's not going to impact you because you're not going to get sick, understand it will impact you in a financial way. The other thing is there is no escaping this. We are all going to be. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Affected, even if only a certain portion of us, uh, I hate to say it, become infected. But that what we need to do is take a cool head, look at what is taking place in the rest of the world. How is it that some parts of the world, while still dealing with the infection, are having lower infection rates? Thankfully, uh, Ohio and Kentucky leading the way. Just ahead, how to get your financial life in order. You're listening to Simply Money on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Amy Wagner. I don't know about you, but my list of things to do if you keep one is pretty long, but I recently crossed something off that list that had been hanging on my head for a long time, and that was kind of getting my will and those financial planning documents for, for after I'm gone in place. I knew I needed to do it, but I finally tackled it. Joining us tonight from the law firm of Wood and Lamping is Mark Rackman. He's our estate planning expert. Mark, what, what do you feel like when people come in and talk to you and say, okay, I'm ready? What is kind of the trigger event that gets them in the door? Well, it can be a number of things. It can be the birth of a child. It can be a divorce. It can be a a, a marriage. Um, There are a number of things that trigger it. Um, But, you know, the truth is we all put it off a lot. I've done the same thing. Sure. So it is important to really finally sit down and do it. I think this last statistic I read about this is about half of Americans have a well, half don't have a well. Um, And when you look at what, what you're able to accomplish in them, you know, you mentioned having a child, getting married. Um, you know, once you get to that point, if something were to happen to you and your spouse, who would have the children when you're gone? That's a difficult conversation, I know, uh, for a family to have, but one that's necessary and one that you have to put in writing. That's why we talk about having a will. And there are four basic documents that make up the simple estate plan. And the will is the number one thing on the list. So let's talk about what you accomplish with the will. So a will tells us who gets your money. It tells us who's in charge of settling your affairs but it also tells us who's going to raise your children. And then, so that's the first document. You've got that in place, and you think you're done, but you're not. Well, it isn't, because you also need to think about the possibility of sickness or disability. So a power of attorney for finances is the second item on the list. This is a document that appoints an agent, someone who has authority to act for you in all legal and financial matters. If you get sick, they step in. I think you had a great example of this a while ago. Wasn't one of your sons, like, hiking the Appalachian Trail or something like that, and they were gone, and bills came in, and you needed to pay them. Exactly. Uh, Both of my boys did that probably about seven years ago, and as they swang through Cincinnati on their way to Georgia, which is where the trail starts, um, I had them sign powers of attorney, and their eyes were rolling. Oh, oh, Dad, Dad. what are you doing? And I just smiled and said, look, you're going to be on the trail. There's no cell phone coverage. You're not going to be able to talk to me for five months. Uh, And sure enough, 30 days after they were gone, uh, one of them had set up a pr- uh, an automatic bill payment because mm-hmm. he had some payments to make on eye surgery. He had mm-hmm. um, eye correction surgery, so mm-hmm. he didn't have to have contact lenses on the he trail. The LASIK, yeah. The LASIK, thank you. And um, sure enough, the 
somehow the system broke down, the payment wasn't made, the call came in, and I had a power of attorney, I could fix it. There's really a number of reasons why you would want these documents in place. Yes, of course, when you're thinking about what happens after you're gone, but even that example, or maybe you're traveling you know, somewhere out of the country or you're not super close by and you're leaving your kids with someone, you know, the healthcare power of attorney for them to be able to be leaving them with grandparents or something. Or maybe you travel a lot for work and you're out of the country and your spouse needs to take care of things. Maybe your spouse goes ahead to buy or sell a home because you're being transferred. These are the kinds of uh, mm. things that powers of attorney are critical with. You mentioned the financial power of attorney, but what about for health care? Well, there's a power of attorney for health care, and that's document number three. That does the same thing for us on the, on the health care side. So a power of attorney for health care tells us, number one, who's going to make your health care decisions, and number two, it tells us that the doctors and hospitals are legally allowed to talk to you, to talk to your agent, because it turns out with all these new privacy laws, hospitals and doctors won't talk to you without written permission. You're listening to Simply Money tonight here on 55KRC. Joining us, our estate planning expert, Mark Reckman, from the law firm of Wood & Lamping. Four critical documents you really need to have in place um, for if you're not here anymore. One of them is your will, a financial power of attorney, a health care power of attorney. What's number four on the list? Number four is the living will. Now, this is the document, despite the name, it's not really about living, and it's not a will. It really is an advanced directive. This is the document that tells us what you want us to do if you become terminally ill or permanently comatose. It tells us either you want to be treated or maybe you don't want to be treated. And even beyond that, so I recently went through the process myself. One of the things that I had to fill out was organ donation. And even what things was I okay with being donated? I recently saw on social media someone had posted something about losing their son years and years ago. um, And through organ donation, he was able to save another woman's life. She got his kidney. She tracked down his parents all these years later. And, And what a beautiful thing for this mom who... You know, has lost, you know, lost her son and missing him all these years to be able to see that the life, right, that he's been able to save. And I thought, I'm so glad that I filled out that directive, that living will in that way. Those are the kinds of things that you can have a say in. Absolutely. And in addition, there are certain religions that uh, place, at least they advise their practitioners to place limits on certain kinds of medical treatment. Blood transfusion is one that I run into occasionally. There are religions that, that don't want you to do blood transfusions. Those kind of limitations go into the living will and the power of attorney for health care. So we talk about these four essential things that we need to have in place. Mark, what's the, the timeline for this? Is it something that's going to take months and months and months and thousands and thousands of dollars? I think for people who've never done this before, those are the questions. A simple plan like this, you go in and you see a, a lawyer, you talk for maybe an hour. Uh, sometime within the next 30 days, you get a draft, you come back in, and you meet for another half an hour to get it signed. So the whole thing can be done. It can be done in a week, if, but yeah. normally it takes maybe about a month. Simple process. And the basic documents we're talking about here uh, for an individual can run ooh, anywhere from four to $800 for a married couple. It's a little more, but it's not double because for a married couple, there's, it takes the same amount of lawyer's time sure. as it does for single individuals. So for a married couple, it's a couple of hundred dollars more. Money well spent. Because of the peace of mind that you have when knowing that you finally tackled this, it's out of the way, and if something were to happen to you, the people who you love uh, know exactly how you would want your situation, your health situation, uh, and your financial situation taken care of even after you're gone. You're listening to Simply Money tonight here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Nathan Backrack along with Amy Wagner. We are here for you, the voice of calm and reason. 
Uh, do you know what to uh, know about buying groceries online besides the fact you better start wiring ahead and figure it's going to take you a few days? Well, we'll talk more about that at 653. Social Security offices, yeah, no kidding, they're closed. Uh, so the administration closed the offices as of March 17th, directing beneficiaries to seek online help to resolve the issues. So, Amy, here we go. Now, how do you get services? And I'm glad to see that they took this step because you think about people who are getting close to the age of needing Social Security. They're those uh, ages that are highest impact that have the highest impact with this coronavirus. Uh, so it's trying to protect the people that it serves the most often. Those are who are most vulnerable. Uh, if you're wondering, first of all, what's my first step then? How do I even figure out how do I make heads and tails of the Social Security situation? Go to SSA.gov, mySSA.gov, and set up your account. It's it's a really easy process. It'll take you about five, 10 minutes to do it, but it starts to give you a back, background. You can look at your um, you know, promised benefit at this point or your, your estimated benefit. You can also look back on the years that you've been working. And I'll tell you, it, it's eye-opening to do this. I'm not anywhere close to uh, you know, getting social security at this point, but I like to look at my earnings history because it helps inform me about how many years I really want to work. Cause I got to tell you, you know, for many of us, those first two years, they were pretty lean. Like you don't want those necessarily, uh, counted in, uh, to your highest earning years, which is what you, what are used to calculate social security. So S my SSA.gov, the number one place to go. I tell you what I like about that going back and looking to what you made, what I made when I first got out of college, I'm like, my God, I was a pauper. How did I ever pay the bills? <laughs> Seriously. From what? Really? How did I feed myself? And I, I, my conclusion is that I'm probably really thankful that I lived near my parents at that point in time because I'm not, my earnings history is saying, no, this doesn't look like the guy who's going to go uh, be a shining example in the financial world. And yet, ultimately, I guess uh, you can pat yourself on the back and uh, look at whatever you've accomplished in your life and go, yeah, look what I used to make. I'm, we made it on that. But don't you Here's think one yeah, thing you I know. really can look back at it and say, hey, yeah. like, I've, I've come a long pat way yourself here. On the back. Or, you know. Yeah. Or how, you know, however I survived those times, whatever it is, going to mysa.gov is eye-opening. I, lots of ramen noodles, lots of like 50 cent Taco Bell tacos or whatever they were back mm -hmm. at that, back in the day. Um, I, but, we wanted you know, one to thing though that, because... One, one thing that was, it was hitting me, Amy, sorry to, to, to jump in there, but one thing that was hitting me is that um, now we have a really bad combination of factors when it comes to Social Security, which is number one. You may be starting to think, gee, what's going to happen to me uh, later on and what my benefit look like? Then at number two, you're sitting home all day. And yes, if you still have a home phone and you haven't blocked things off your cell phone, you are now going to start getting those lovely Social Security scams at a higher rate. You may not have even thought that they were coming into your house because after three rings, they were disconnected. Now all of a sudden the phone rings. You're starving for some social contact. Gee, that maybe it's somebody from Utah that really does want to talk to me until you find out, oh, you have been hacked, Amy, but we can help. Understand this too, right? These scammers, they don't care that our country is in a, you know, national no. quarantine right now. What they care about is opportunity. And, and my concern here is this is going to be a fantastic opportunity for scammers because they're going to know people want information and that offices are closed. And so people who would normally understand Social Security would not be contacting me in this way. They would not be contacting me, asking me for information over the phone. Might be more tempted to give it out at this point because systems are not normal. We're not in a normal, uh, you know, business as usual kind of environment right now. And because of that, 
anybody who has parents around that age, or if you're getting close to that age, understand social security right now, these scams are going to be going through the roof without question. They will not call you, but if you happen to find yourself, as I'm afraid some of you will, where your business says, look, we're closing down, and you know what? When we come back, whenever that is, um, you know, we just don't know if we're going to need you anymore. You may find yourself in a situation where you're claiming benefits now because life and circumstance might change. How do you apply for a benefit? Here's when somebody calls you and says anything about your benefits, say, thank you very much. I'm going to call you right back. You hang up and you call 1-800-772-1213. That's 1-800-772-1213 or go online, as you said, Amy, to ssa.gov. You go check your benefits, and that's the only way you should be communicating with Social Security right now. Another thing that we hear a lot when it comes to Social Security is it's going to run out of money. The system is broken. And, and it, this is a time where you want to be very clear about what's happening here. No, the system is not running out of money because once everything gets back to normal here, people are going to go back to work. People are still going to be working. And as long as we're working, we're going to be paying these taxes into the Social Security system. So as of now, if nothing's done to kind of fix the system, the trust fund that has been in place since Social Security started will run out of money. That means you can expect after the year of 2034, 2035, about 75% of your promised benefit. Understand this too. This is a very political issue that we do think maybe before we get to that point, someone will bring up and, and make some hard decisions about how to fix the system, but it's yeah. not going to go broke. So don't let that factor into your decision-making process on when you are going to claim. It's a yeah. very personal decision. Here, we're going through a national disaster. Do you, uh, there are 535 elected officials. Not one of them has the intestinal fortitude to stand up today and say, oh, yeah, we're going to cut your benefits. Oh, good luck on that. Now is when we should be having the Social Security discussion because we might actually make some progress because what do we have? Oh, we have a gun to our head. And, you know, nothing makes the mind focus a little bit more than an imminent assassination. I'm not saying, you know, or an imminent hanging maybe would be better because all of a sudden when you think your life's coming to an end, well, financially our life's not coming to an end, but maybe a great time to have the discussion. Here's a safety net. Do we need safety nets? Well, if ever there was a case for having a social safety net, we're being reminded of it again. Simply Money Point, social security offices, they are closed. The system is still operating. So are the scammers. Don't let one get you. If you think yes, there's a problem with your account, hang up, go online, or call this whole free number. The only way to make sure you're not about to become roadkill on the social security highway. Now, you don't want to go to the grocery store. I don't want to go to the grocery store. How do you get food in the time of coronavirus? We'll talk about that just ahead in three minutes. You're listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the dog station. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Nathan Backrack along with Amy Wagner. I don't want to walk into a grocery store and not know how, not know way. Here's what you need to know uh, between online buying and uh, dialing up your local Kroger. You know what's funny? You for years have made fun of me for doing uh, yes, my I shopping have. online because you're like, I need to go in. I need to touch the produce. I need to smell Nobody's the cantaloupe. My, that's right. Nobody's <laughs> picking my produce. 
Well, they are now, well, aren't now they? now they are because yeah. you want to order online. And you're not alone. In fact, a third of shoppers bought online groceries in the past week. Nearly half of those people, first-time e-grocery customers. You want to look at why Kroger's stock is up right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, here's case in point. Yeah. So Kroger's now offering a few options. One, you can pick it up. This is uh, same day only, though I'm not quite sure in my neighborhood that they're not already I don't up. think that's even an option in a lot of places yeah, right now. Yeah, I don't now. think so. Then we got delivery, and then we have shipped. I don't want my. I don't think I want my raspberries getting shipped. I think they'll be bruised badly by the time they hit the front door. You know, another thing someone was saying the other day is when you're shopping online right now, once you get through, like it's the click listing, uh, click list is what it's called at Kroger. Once you get halfway through and you go to click, you go to check out half the groceries that you had in your cart aren't even available anymore. Sure. Uh, you know, and so they ask you if you don't, you know, mind substitutions and things like that. Understand this is not going to be kind of your, your typical online grocery shopping experience as you know many of us have experienced it over the past few years there's just an incredibly high volume of orders right now and for anyone who has braved these stores as as i have i was actually in the fort mitchell kroger on sunday there was not a frozen pizza in the place toilet paper looks like there was never even a toilet paper row in the whole uh in the whole place i mean it's just nothing yeah and uh kroger uh, obviously uh, they are hiring uh, job seekers that uh, could be placed for employment within several days of applying. I'm going to guess within several minutes here. Fog and mirror, don't have criminal history. Yeah, they haven't ever used any drugs or alcohol. Fine, fine. Yeah, right, go to the back of the line. Um, the only thing I noticed about the experience after I uh, we did uh, mobile orders, two things. One, you're going to have to be organized because uh, as soon as you pull out from your last mobile order, you better figure out what you're going to need in three or four days because the queue, I believe, for uh, uh, getting your groceries uh, by ordering ahead is going to start to become days and then eventually maybe more than just a few days. But it was great. I pulled up to a slot. I called the number uh, right on the uh, in the middle of the parking lot. They come right out. They gave me my groceries. Now, this is all, you know, old news to you, Amy. And then they walked over and they asked me to roll down my window so they could stick their hands in and give me a receipt. And right around that point, I did it reflexively. And then I went, I don't want this receipt. I don't want you two feet from me. And if you ripped me out of an extra uh, cran grape juice... You know, that's okay, because away, okay away. with that right now. Really, and don't cough yeah. while we're doing this either. You know, one thing I do love, Nathan, too, that not only um, Kroger's doing, but a number of other stores, either giving seniors hours early in the morning or shutting down early so that seniors, who are, of course, the population that are the most vulnerable at this point, can have the store to themselves rather than the masses being in there at the same time. I used to work in Louisville, and I remember my Kroger in St. Matthews would actually open on Wednesday mornings an hour early so that seniors could get through the store a lot easily. I think many stores go to this practice right now and understand there's a lot of stores that you've you're used to being open you know from 10 o'clock in the morning or nine o'clock in the morning till nine o'clock at night check before you need to run somewhere because i was at staples yesterday uh, and they were announcing to their employees right there in the front of the store we're going to start closing at six o'clock a lot of stores going to move in that direction if you know how to use your device and your technology and if you are planful you will be able to look on your phone, and when it says it's going to be five days until you get your stuff, you go, that's good, because I was planning on that. Those of you 
who don't get uh, quite as organized about the process you go through, you may start to find that even these great technologies will still leave you at the back of the virtual line. Until tomorrow, remember, we're the voice of common reason, and we are here to help you. We will get through this together. You've been listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.